Yeah. Welcome to all of you who are at the Durham campus and welcome to those of you who are at all of our extension campuses. We love you. We pray you're having a great day. We pray your worship was just anointed and God was lifted high. And uh, we're excited about the day. Before we get into the, the message, though, uh, you've probably seen these around at all the campuses, at some of the campuses, they're in the seats. Um, but we are gonna be giving these out throughout this brand new series called Living in the Age of Rage. And so if there's not one on your seat, be sure to grab one uh, when you leave out in the lobby, wherever you are, and uh, hand this out to somebody. These are tumultuous times, and people need the message and the messages that we are going to deliver over the course of the next month. Also, you will notice this sticker. It's just like the sticker, I voted. Have you ever noticed how so many people get so excited about voting and putting their sticker on? And the Pharisees make anybody else who didn't vote or didn't put a sticker on feel bad. But we're not gonna do that. Can I get an amen? amen? But this is what we want you to do this year. And we'll have one here for you every single Sunday. It says, I prayed. And we want you to vote. Hey, vote. And we're gonna be talking about that during this series. Vote. So put your I voted sticker on there proudly. But, but here's an idea. Put your I prayed sticker on there just as proudly. And let's pray for our nation. Let's pray for our governmental leaders. Romans 13, doesn't matter which aisle they're on, which side of the aisle they're on, tells us that we should respect their authority and pray for them. Second Chronicles 7, 14 says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and what? Pray, seek my face, confess their sin, then will I turn from heaven, heal their land, and forgive their sin. So pray with us, if you would. And in that vein, why don't we pray right now? Father, we ask that you bless our country. We ask, oh God, because you are a global God, that you bless the world. Father, we pray particularly for the political season that is upon us in America. Just me saying that, Father, brings up all kinds of emotions in many of us. We need your peace. We need your hope and we plead and we beg for your blessings and your favor to heal our land as 2 Chronicles 7.14 says you will. Father, we pray for our president and, and other folks who are in the higher parts of the administration, the lower parts of the administration, both sides of the aisle, Father, those who have been infected with COVID-19, we pray for them. We pray that you keep them safe. We pray that you bring them through it with a speedy recovery, and we ask that you bless your church. God, show us our rightful role in the midst of it all. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Hey, so today we start a brand new series, Living in the Age of Rage. And here's where we're going over the course of the next five weeks. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the three R's of anger management. Listen, you're going to be amazed at how Scripture, an ancient text, thousands of years old, teaches us what science also confirms today on how we should anger our, uh, manage our anger. Number two. I'm gonna teach next week the divided states of America. 
Pray for a group of us. We're leaving right after church today. We're going to Philly, and then we're gonna go to D.C., and the first stop, we're gonna hit Philly. We're gonna be preaching at the Liberty Bell, the Divided States of America. Part three, here we go. Separation of church and hate. Separation of church and hate. Probably gonna film that at the Museum of the American Revolution, again, in Philly. Then we're gonna go to Washington, D.C., and we're gonna do a message called Let Me Tell You How to Vote. Hello. Let me tell you how to vote, part one, okay? And that's gonna be at DC. And then another message at DC, let me tell you how to vote, part two, on November 1, the Sunday prior to the election. And we're gonna do a lot of praying that day. So if you're watching online and you haven't come out yet, maybe by then you'll feel comfortable to come out. We're gonna pray, pray, pray for that election. Okay, You know, there's a word that has gotten really, really popular in 2020, and uh, the word is contagious. Contagious, right? And we... We've used this word so much, I don't know, it might even become the, the official word of the year. It's contagious. But I don't know if you've noticed this. There's something else contagious besides the virus. I'm talking about anger. Anger is incredibly contagious. It is a strong word. And in fact, I don't even know if it's strong enough to capture what I'm going to try to tackle in this series. Rage is a better word. And just like the coronavirus is contagious, anger is contagious. And you see it everywhere you go. I'm sure you're seeing this. I was in um, Hartsville International Airport on uh, Friday. And by the way, thank you so much for the, the encouragement and the love and the support you guys have been giving me lately. Uh, you gave it to me most recently as I moved my daughter, my one and only daughter, to her very first job post-college uh, into her new home and uh, working at KPMG in Atlanta. So I drove her down in the U-Haul truck and I flew back on Friday and I'm in Hartsville International Airport and I'm walking up to Starbucks to get something to drink and I noticed that there is this lady and she's, she's where she's supposed to be. You know, they have these things on the floor where you're supposed to stand, right? She's where she's supposed to be, but the dude behind her, he was in a mask. I guess he just, maybe, let's give him the benefit of the doubt, right? Let's be gracious with people these days. He obviously wasn't thinking or he was just being a bonehead, but he got right Right up on her. And she turned around and unloaded on him in the middle of Starbucks. I'm like, yo, it's okay. I tried to do the little referee thing. I didn't get anywhere with it. Finally, I just I said, I, I, y'all, y'all go at it. And, and, then, and then I made my way finally to the counter after I stayed six feet from people. I got up to the counter and I ordered my cold brew pumpkin foam cream. And they were out. And then I got angry. Right? That, you know, the, the one thing that reminds me that we live in a fallen, broken world is when I go to Starbucks these days and they don't have the pumpkin cream. Can I get a witness? I mean, it's happened to me like three times in the last month. But anger, come on, anger is incredibly contagious. And if you want to know where angry people live, they might be right in here with us. You might be with a carrier of anger right now. Don't, don't look at them, don't point at them in the worship centers, but you might be. You wanna know where angry people live? They live in the comment sections of social media. <laughs> oh no, he didn't. Oh yes, he did. 
They live all up in there and all they wanna do is bash you and spew their anger everywhere. Aristotle put it like this great quote, anybody can become angry, that is easy. But to be angry with the right person and to the right degree and at the right time and for the right purpose and in the right way is not easy. And don't we all know it, right? Hey, I wanna encourage you, again, online or in person. You don't wanna miss a single Sunday of this series over the course of the next five weeks. I can think of no more relevant topic that we are going to be covering than the topic of anger living in the age of rage. And you might be sitting there going, you know what, I got this stuff nailed, I don't need this series. Your loved ones might disagree. And even if you're not the extroverted kind of angry person, you do know that there are other forms of anger like passive aggressiveness or giving people the silent treatment. And the truth is, I don't know of anyone who has not been impacted negatively by 2020. We all are triggered easy these days. Some of us, if we're honest with ourselves, maybe you've alienated your kids and they're afraid of you. Some of you have embarrassed yourself. Some of you are so angry right now at politicians and one political party over the other. And for the next five weeks, here's where we're going. We're going to learn together how to tackle one of the greatest challenges of our time as we discover God's solution for angry people who are living in the age of rage. You don't want to miss it. The book of James, open it up, James chapter one. If you've got your Bibles, I encourage you to bring them. James chapter one. Let me give you a little context for the book of James. Hopefully you can take some notes. The book of James was written to followers of Jesus that were experiencing incredible pressure in their society. Interesting, is it not? Very familiar to us. Many of them had lost their jobs and their homes. It was dire times for them. Many of them were separated from their families. They were facing uncertain times and it's into that context that we come across one of the most power-packed verses in all of scripture as it relates to anger. One verse. One verse is gonna steer the rest of this message. James 1, verse 19. James 1, 19. Here we go. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Even the Bible says take notes. <laughs> My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Now, what's interesting is James starts out identifying them as brothers and sisters. Show of hands, how many of you are parents? Parents, parents, parents. How many of you have had your kids arguing in your home before? If you don't, I wanna meet you, right? How many of you have seen them argue a little more during the last year? Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you, you ever been at the kitchen table, maybe, or in your family room, whatever the case may be, and your kids are arguing? And you're not even sure what they're arguing about. They're just arguing nonstop. And, and just imagine maybe your son is being harsh and mean to his sister or vice versa. And every parent has said something like this. Johnny, let's, let's use Johnny. Stop 
being so mean to your sister. Or we have two boys left in the home. Say it all the time to one of them. Hey, man, stop being mean to your brother. Now, what am I saying in that? What are you saying when you say that? You're saying we are family. That person is your brother. That person is your sister. Listen, we are family in the church. Can I get an amen? Brothers and sisters in Christ. And we are living in tumultuous times. And if we are not careful, we will lose our witness. And we are getting ready to go through a month that's gonna be laced with tension out there. And come on, let's be real. Since we are an incredibly diverse church. It can be laced with tension up in here or at any of our campuses. And what I wanna echo is exactly what James echoes. We are family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ and Christians can live on different sides of the aisle and still love one another and still agree to be civil and nice with one another. Listen, we are living in a day and age, like I said in the comment section, right? We're living in a day and age where everybody wants to make a point. You wanna make a point, you have your agenda. Hey, I got an idea. What do you say we stop worrying so much about making a point and we decide we're gonna make a difference for Jesus in the world? I put it like this in the notes. We can make a point or we can make a difference in these polemical times. It is almost impossible to do both, so let's be difference makers for Jesus. Church, can I get a strong amen? amen. Let's become difference makers. So he says, my brothers and sisters, take note of this. And then here it is, verse 19b. Why don't we read it out loud? Come on, ready? All of our campuses, go. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Let's unpack that verse in a significant way. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Now, I don't know if you're honest with the text like this as I am. I'm very honest with the biblical text. I read that text and I'm like, you know what? I wish there were some qualifiers. Be slow to anger unless you're dealing with a goober. Be slow to anger unless you come up on somebody and they're going 20 miles an hour in the passing lane. Come on now. There are, there are no qualifiers. The Bible says, slow to speak and slow to become angry. And then verse 20 says this, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God, what church? God desires. And so it seems to me that James is giving us a very easy to understand but challenging practice to put into place. And this is some solid anger management stuff. Here it is. And I know you don't have notes. We didn't give you bulletins or notes and we'll start back those soon. But, but take some notes on your phone or something or write it in your Bible. This is key. Number one, James says, reflect before you react. Reflect before you react. One of the great remedies for anger is delay. Before you speak or you react, reflect. 
We've heard it taught like this. They didn't even know they were teaching you the Bible when you were young. But what would people tell you? They would say, hey, count to 10. They didn't even know they were teaching you scripture. Don't respond impulsively, particularly in these trying times. Proverbs 29, 11, the Good News translation says, stupid people. You're like, Pastor, who are you calling stupid? It's not me, it's the word of the Lord. Stupid people express their anger openly, but sensible people are patient and hold it back. Really, really key. It's saying if you wanna be wise, come on, come on, come on. Learn to chill out. If you wanna be wise and faithful in these times, learn to take a deep breath. The longer you withhold your temper, the more it improves. Another great verse from Proverbs. Out loud, ready? Go. People who stay calm have real insight. You see, you guys have heard me say this before, anger is a secondary emotion, right? You've heard me talk about that before. Let me unpack that a little bit. Anger is like a smoke detector. We all have them in our homes, right? Isn't it so aggravating when the battery starts getting low? Just a side note, not even in my, it, have you ever, I, I, I tried this one time. It, it would beep about every minute or so because the battery, and I tried for an hour or two just to see if I could go to sleep and sleep through it all night because I didn't want to go get a ladder and change the dadgum battery. I didn't make it. I had to do it. But anger is a secondary emotion. It's like a smoke detector. It's letting you know when something else is happening beneath the surface. That's what anger does. It's a secondary emotion that it lets you know what is going on inside of me. It helps you understand, hey, anger is not really what I need to focus on. I need to actually focus on something else that's beneath the surface. Let me take it one step further. There are three primary emotions that are at the root of anger. Everybody say hurt. Everybody say frustration. Everybody say fear. Now check it out, this is key. People who have real insight, when they get angry, they start to ask themselves, what is going on on the inside of me right now? Whenever you start to feel the blood pressure go up, whenever you start to feel the palms get sweaty, whenever you start to feel like you're about to go off on someone, ask yourself, what is going on inside of me? Three examples. We're gonna have a little back and forth here to see if you can guess. You, you help me uh, know whether you think this is caused by hurt, frustration, or fear. Let's talk about COVID-19 and finances. Here's, here's a hypothetical scenario. You own your business. COVID hit early this year. It's been a hard year. You've tried to make it as long as you possibly can make it. Before long, you have to start laying people off. And most recently, you're having to look your family in the face and you're not even sure you're going to be able to provide for them or put meals on the table. What do you think it is? Hurt? frustration or fear? Fear. It's fear. 
Now, the angry person who's not trained or disciplined and hasn't thought through these things, they'll just be angry at COVID. They'll just start railing at COVID and they don't even understand that, that that's, the, that's a secondary emotion. That's like a fire detector. What's really going on is the fear inside of them. Here's another one, the government. Oh my Lord. So many of you, and I admit, I get there sometimes as well. We get frustrated and angry at institutions and organizations, governmental leaders, parents. How many of us have been frustrated that our kids are not going back to school yet? Right? And we, 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 we're mad about it and we're trying to figure it out. Some of you get mad at pastors because pastors speak out on certain issues and you're just mad and you, 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 you want the kids to go back to school and you're trying to have to teach them and you didn't sign up for that, right, right? What do you think is going on? Is it hurt, frustration, or fear? It's frustration. You guys are batting a thousand. One more. I was texting with a friend not long ago and they said, I'm just mad at God. Now, I was thankful that she was honest with me. But I said, oh, don't get mad at God. I said, you gotta understand that God's heart is breaking with yours in this very moment. His heart is breaking with you right now that this has happened in your life. What was going on? Hurt. She was hurt because of what was going on in her life. James says, reflect, 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 delay and be Slow. Secondly, if the first one is reflect before you react, check it out. Here's the second one James teaches us. Restrain your remarks. Restrain your remarks. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. Now, the truth is, that sounds simple, does it not? Those of you who've had anger issues, right? And I've, you know my story. I grew up in a very angry home. And I, I've had to work through these anger issues my whole life. That sounds really simple, but for those of you who have anger issues, you know it can be like trying to hold a beach ball underneath the water. <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just keeps popping up. Because when you get angry, there's physiological things going on inside of you. Adrenaline starts pumping, and it's very, very hard to control it. And you have to get really good at biting your tongue. I don't know if you can relate, but I feel like I've been tasting a lot of blood in my mouth these days in this toxic culture that we live in. But that is what wise people do. Look at what Proverbs 17, 28 says. Even fools are thought wise if they keep what? And discerning if they hold their tongues. The idea is that if you stay silent, people won't sense, come on, come on, how foolish we can be. We all have been around people who just talk too much. They just, they just say too much. They don't know that, that God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Come on. And we should use them in Proportion, look at what Proverbs 10, 19 says in the New Living Translation out loud, church, really strong at all of our campus locations, go. Too much talk leads to, yikes, be sensible and keep your mouth shut. 
I just had this thought. This is not in my notes. Parents, that is a great verse of scripture to make your child memorize. (laughs) That's good. That's good. But it's really, really hard. And some of you, I know it, I know it, I know it. You're sitting there and you're fighting with me in your mind and you're thinking, I can't do it. I can't do it. I just can't do it. To which I would say, oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. I'll prove it to you. You're at home. You've been with your family eight months in home. Oh, God, right? <laughs> or you're, you're at your office and you're, 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 you and somebody, it doesn't matter who, you, you put the scenario where you wanna put it. Put it in Starbucks like yesterday, right? Uh, Saturday when I was there and those people were arguing. They're, you're arguing with somebody and you're going off and all of a sudden your phone rings and it's your boss. What do you do? Hello? Oh, yes, you can. We can control it. We just have to choose that we're going to control it, okay? Reflect before you react. Restrain your remarks. And here's the third thing. Remember the results. Remember the results. The last part of that verse, we said it earlier, but it's worth repeating. James 1.20, human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Now, here's what I know about every single one of you. You love God. Unless you're here and you're just checking out Christianity, and we're so glad you're here. But most of you are here, or you're at home, or you're out somewhere, and you're checking out this message, and you love God. And because you love God, I know that you wanna please God. If so, can I get an amen? You wanna please God with your life. Right there, it's plain and simple for us. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So if you want to please God, you've got to do battle with the anger that is exploding inside of you and hurting those that you love the most. Let's take it to Ephesians 4, 26, out loud. Short verse, ready, go. In your anger, do not sin. Now here's what's important. I threw this in here at the end because this is really, really important. Some of you will mishear me today and you will conclude that anger is sin. No, not, some anger is. Please don't mishear me again. Some anger is sin. But there is this thing that we see in scripture where there is a clear teaching that some anger is acceptable. Just do not sin in the midst of it. Y'all remember Jesus in the temple, right? He comes into his father's house. They turned his father's house into a den of robbers. What does Jesus do? He goes off. He goes off. What does he do, though? Maybe you've never sunk into the text this deep. If you read it closely, people think he's, he's hitting people with, with cords and whips. No, 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 no. The Bible says that he turns tables over. Jesus didn't turn people over. He turned tables over. And some of us in this day and age and the culture out there, at large, they're all into turning people over. No, 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 no. We don't turn people over, church. We love people. 
Come on now. We love all people, regardless of anything, regardless of socioeconomic level, regardless of skin color, regardless of what school they went to, regardless of who they are going to vote for, regardless of where they work in relation to where you work, we don't turn people over. We might occasionally turn some tables over. The Bible mentions God's anger 256 times. 256 times in the scriptures, we come across verses of scripture like this. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with what, church? Filled with what? Unfailing love. So God has wired us all with this capacity for feeling anger. And again, sometimes it's okay. I feel for the person who might not get angry at the rape of a child, right? I feel for the person who doesn't get angry when someone is murdered in cold blood. You do know, don't you, that MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, was founded by a mother who lost her child in an automobile accident to a drunk driver. It's okay to feel anger. It's what we do with it that is so key. And instead of flying off and being quick on the tongue and turning people over, Living in the age of rage is gonna help us get all of that under control. It, it was Will Rogers who put it like this, and this is a great quote. People who fly into rage <laughs> seldom make a good landing. That's good. What do you say we take the next five weeks and we really slow down and we really run to God's word and we discern and we heed and we apply the scriptures so that we can live in this angry, rageful world, but not be of the world. I'm wondering if you would stand to your feet and let's read this power-packed verse one more time. James chapter one, from the top, Everybody out loud, those of you who are online, those of you who are at the campuses, really strong. And I wonder if maybe, yeah, I feel a strong prompting to say this. Maybe what you should do is go out of here today and you should write that verse down and you should memorize it. And you should quote it every day between now and let's say mid-November so that as you go into this toxic, polemical world that we live in, where, listen, listen, it's only going to get worse. There's your prophecy for the day. It's only going to get worse. And after November 3rd, guess what? It's gonna get worse for a while. And we won't even know who's gonna win the election for a while, right? What do you say? We put this to memory and we let God's word gird us up to live in this raging world with peace and sanity 
in solitude, turning over an occasional table or two if we have to, but never turning over people. Amen? Really strong at all the campuses. Go. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Pray with me. Here's what I know. Some of you are here today and you are so angry on the inside. And there's this smoke detector going off in your world. And anger is not the problem. You're feeling hurt or frustration or fear. And I want you to know that Jesus Christ wants to help you with those three things that are at the root of your anger. He wants to heal your hurt with his love. Some of you have had the most atrocious things happen to you, maybe going all the way back when you were a child. You've been abused, you've been unloved, You've been rejected. You feel like you've been unwanted in your life. Why don't you just say a prayer like this today? Jesus, heal the hurt that is inside of me. Heal it with your love so that I can stop hurting others. Secondly, some of you are here today and you're just frustrated. And what you need Jesus to do is come in today and just start to relieve your frustration. And listen, beloved, there's a lot to be frustrated about in this world. I am not making light of it. I find myself from, from time to time just frustrated. Frustrated with how broken and jacked up this world is. But even because it might be justifiable, I have to come to terms with the fact that it is not God's will for my life. Jesus says many times in scripture, my peace I give to you. A peace that passes understanding. So maybe what you could pray today is, Jesus, would you relieve my frustration with your peace? Just pray that to him. Say, Lord Jesus, I want to give you control of my life so that I won't be so frustrated trying to make it all work out in my own power. I want to relax and soften into your peace. Others of you are here today and you're fearful. And again, there's a lot to be fearful of. But the Bible says, beloved, that God did not give us the spirit of fear, but a spirit of power. And the same power that resurrected Jesus from the grave is available to us who will trust him. Yeah, thank you, Lord. So maybe you would pray something like this. Jesus, would you replace my fear, my insecurity with your power? Would you give me a sense of confidence that comes only from you? Lastly, if you're here today and maybe you're not even a Christian, we're so glad you're here. 
Maybe you're online and you've just been checking us out or you, you found us today. And the truth is, like me, you would say at times, you know what, it, it's, it's the hurt, it's the frustration and the fear. And if what that guy up there is saying is true, Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you to help me live in these trying times. So if you don't know Christ and you, you don't know what it means to have him as your personal Lord and Savior, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I need you. And I accept that you died on a cross for me, for my sin, for my hurt, for my frustration, for my fear. And I need you to help me today. So would you please come into my life? Would you forgive me of all of my sin, those times when I haven't handled anger the right way? And Holy Spirit, would you come in and give me the power to start changing my life for your good and your glory. I am a sinner and I invite you in to be my savior. And I pray it with the rest of my brothers and sisters, family in Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Hey, it happens all the time when we give an invitation. Somebody just accepted Christ at the campuses or online. And I think we should join Luke 15 and all of heaven right now and celebrate and rejoice in salvations. Praise God. Hey, if you did, if you did, welcome to the family of God. You are amongst brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you're out there somewhere, come on to a campus. We'll make you feel right at home. Hey, we're gonna sing a great song. You guys can go ahead and get ready. Come on and get in place. We're gonna sing God of Revival. And I don't know about you, but I've been praying in 2020 that what would come out of this in the church is that God would bring revival. Can I get an amen? Amen. You guys ready? Let's sing. Here we go.